we thank him for another opportunity to fellowship together we have not come on the line because you know if i if we don't come somebody will think oh why am i not on the line no we are here because our heart wants to be here and we are here because we want to receive the entrance of the word of god which gives light and understanding in the knowledge of him christ jesus amen we are here because we want fellowship in the word of truth so that we may gnosko the truth and by gnoscoing the truth we may be free or walk in the liberty of the sons of god hallelujah the bible says that for freedom christ has made you free stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith christ has made you free and do not be yoked again with any yoke of bondage hallelujah freedom or liberty is a function of your knowledge of truth the more truth you know the more you are able to walk in your liberty and as believers every day as we behold the glory of god as in a mirror we are being changed into that same image as we behold the changing happens by the spirit how does the spirit change us through our knowledge of him hallelujah through our knowledge of him so the knowledge we have of the truth is that by which the holy spirit will use to transform us into that same image or that same glory we see in the mirror amen and amen so it is key for us as believers to keep beholding keep beholding the glory of god forget about whatever is happening you had a dream somebody was chasing you forget about it just keep beholding the word hallelujah you hear some bad news whatever it is forget about it keep beholding the word never let anything distract you from beholding the key thing in the faith is to behold is to see jesus the bible says but we see jesus our eyes must be always fixed upon him the bible says that in the wilderness god instructed moses to lift up god instructed moses to make a brazen serpent and lift that serpent on the pole there were snakes amongst the children of israel the congregation of israel and they were biting them and some of them were dying the Lord said, if you look, you will live. Now, just think about it. You have snakes all around you, biting you. And Moses is telling you, God says, just look and live. As you look, you will live. The snake is biting me. How can you tell me I should just look? You will easily be distracted by the problem that is around you. By the situation or the issue that is around you. You will seek to try and fight away the snake. Hallelujah. But the Bible says, whether the snake is biting you or not, forget about that. Just keep looking. As you are looking, even if the snake bites you, the bite will not have any effect on you. Hallelujah. Because when you look, you do what you will live. Amen and amen. It is the same way for us as believers. As we have come into Christ, we must not stop looking unto Jesus. We must always keep our eyes transfixed upon him. In his word, hallelujah, just keep beholding the word every day of your life keep beholding the word no matter what is happening sometimes we are too concerned about things that really don't matter for example you have a dream you have some dreams and the dreams are bad and you don't know what it means and you saw yourself and some crazy things and you wake up and you're so worried and listen forget about that 
If you have a dream and it is not a revelation of your glory in Christ, forget about it. Throw it somewhere and keep beholding the word of God. Hallelujah. Because you are not led by your dreams. You are led by the spirit. Who you truly are is what Christ has made you to be in him. Not what you saw in the dream. So keep beholding. If you keep thinking and looking at your dream, you become like that. But if you keep looking at Christ, you become like him. So forget about that one and keep beholding. Hallelujah. So just keep beholding. No matter what is going on in your life. No matter how difficult the issue or the situation. Keep beholding the word. Keep beholding the word. Hallelujah. Gradually, you will be transformed into the same image. You become greater than whatever thing that is around you. You receive an infusion of life that is greater than whatever issue or problem that is around you trying to bite you. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. That is why when we gather like this, we speak the word of truth. We share the word of truth. We teach the word of truth. Amen and amen. We can't do any other thing but do that. Hallelujah. Listen, the word of God is the most important thing. I say it and I keep saying it again. The word of God is the most important thing. And you must keep growing in your knowledge of the word of God. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you how? Richly. In all wisdom. That is in all revelation. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As the word of God increases in you. The Bible says that in the city of Ephesus. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. There are certain issues in your life that you are not prevailing over them. Because the word by which you prevail over them has not become strong in you yet. Hallelujah. But I have good news for you. Just stay in the word. Keep absorbing the word. Let the word of Christ continue to dwell in you richly. Keep growing in the As you grow in the word, you become greater than that issue. Hallelujah. And you will master that issue. Listen. Things are not just a quick fix. Quick fix. You know sometimes there are people. They have no word in them. And they face issues and then they just want to run to God. God quickly do it for me and let me go away. That's not how it works. Hallelujah. God wants you to come to the place. Where the power by which you can overcome any issue in your life which is the word of God is so strong in you that no situation nothing will be able to overpower you hallelujah because through the word of God you walk in your victory through the word of God you walk in that victory which Christ has already purchased for you by his death burial and resurrection on the third day hallelujah so the word the word we can't do anything but preach the word hallelujah Hallelujah. And as we grow in our understanding, one of the things that happens is that we, we come to the place of epignosis. That is correct and precise and accurate knowledge. Amen and amen. There are certain things that we say when we are at certain levels of our faith. It is okay. But as we grow, God wants us to come to the exact knowledge. Hallelujah. So there are certain things that we used to believe. We give them up. Because those are candle level revelation. We give them up. We mentioned that last week. We give them up and we embrace the greater light. 
The Bible says that them that sat in darkness, a great light had dawned. Amen and amen. And tonight I pray in the name of Jesus, as you are hearing the word of the Lord, may the light of God's word dawn upon you in the name of Jesus. In whatever situation you need the light of God to shine, may that light dawn upon you. May a greater light than the darkness that is controlling that situation dawn upon you today. Uh, and the Bible said that the light shined in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not. When light comes, darkness loses its power. I see that darkness, which is the cause, the root cause of that issue losing its power. You are gaining the ascendancy. You are prevailing over that issue because the light of God is dawning on you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You understand? So, the thing is, Increase in light. Hallelujah. Increase in what? In light. Amen. Increase in light. You just increase in light. Don't bother about fighting the devil. He's not a factor. Just increase in light. The darkness that is responsible for the issue will begin to lose its power. And tonight, the great light is dawning upon you. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise. We give God glory. Tonight, this morning, I shared a thought with you and I said, I want you to ponder it unto understanding. Amen and amen. I said, what? Ponder it unto understanding. You see, in the kingdom of God or in the faith now, the most important thing is your knowledge. The most important thing is what? Your knowledge. The Bible says that we have not received first corinthians chapter number two we have not received the spirit of the world but the spirit who is of god that we may know hallelujah the things that are freely given unto us that we may do what no the purpose of the holy spirit is for knowledge amen and amen he said he will lead you into all truth what is that knowledge knowledge Amen and amen. Knowledge. So tonight the Lord is going to give us his knowledge concerning certain matters in the faith. So that we can better live the new life that we have in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I shared a thought with you and I said, ponder this unto understanding. Um, I said that faith or your faith does not move God. And I know we've said it several times before. I've said it several times before. I've preached about it. And in my preachings, I've said that, you know, God is not moved by your tears, but God is moved by your faith. Hallelujah. And you've heard preachers also preach that. But today, I want to take it a step further. Somebody say a step further. You see, it is true. God is not moved by your tears. And when you look at the Bible, it seems as though God is moved by your faith. Yes, that is how it seems like. But even more, God is not moved by your faith. That understanding is at the class one level. But as you grow, you must come to the place where you understand and know. God wants you to come to the place where you know that he is not moved by your faith per se. What do I mean by that? It means God is not waiting for your faith to move on your behalf. Hallelujah. That understanding creates in us this perception of God that we have to, as if God is not willing to do anything for us. 
unless we show some kind of thing before God would move. It shows that God is unwilling. It shows that God is reluctant. Until we show certain things. And by our faith there, some see it as some fastings or some gracious prayers or some things we would do. Some faithfulness in the church before God will be moved and say, okay, now I am satisfied with it. I will move on your behalf. No, a thousand times no. That is a very inadequate and wrong view of God. Amen and amen. Because the truth is this. God already moved on your behalf in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What did I say? God already moved on your behalf in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. God already moved on your behalf in Christ Jesus when he made it a propitiation for your sins. Amen and amen. We'll read scripture very soon to confirm that. But I want to make these statements to you. Again, God already moved on your behalf in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that he died for the ungodly. He says, but God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, when we were enemies of God, when we were helpless and could not do anything whatsoever for our own selves, God sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Hallelujah. When we needed help most, salvation, it was not our faith that brought Jesus from heaven down. It was not our faith that brought the incarnation of Jesus. It was not our prayers or our fasting that brought Jesus down for our salvation. When we were totally helpless, his own love moved him to give us Jesus. That is why I say God has already moved on your behalf. Hallelujah. So if the very best of God he gave you without your faith, even at that time, you did not even know anything called faith because you were a sinner. You were an ungodly man. You were an enemy of God. Hallelujah. So you knew nothing about faith. You knew nothing about prayer, fasting. You didn't know anything. But God moved on your behalf in Christ to purchase for you salvation. Hallelujah. To justify you in Christ. Hallelujah. He moved on your behalf. So if God could move on your behalf that way to give you his very best, which is Christ. And from there you receive salvation. Why do you think that he needs to see something before he moves on your behalf concerning simple things like you want a job or you want a car or you want to get married or something in your life? Why do you think so? Hallelujah. You see where, the, where, where my argument is coming from? Amen and amen. Let's go into scripture then. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From today, you understand the loving heart of your father. Amen and amen. And you would understand the place of faith and what faith is for in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Listen, I said we are growing deeper in our understanding of the truth. We are coming to the place of epignosis where we have correct, accurate, and precise knowledge. Amen and amen. Listen to Romans chapter number 8, verse 31 to 32. And this is a reasoning, okay? Paul says something I love. He says, when I was a child, 
He says, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Then he says, when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. You see, when you were an Epius or when you were a Technion, when, when you, were a te- you, you think like a child, you talk like a child, you reason like a child. But when you grow up in the faith, it is not just growing, you became 30 years or 50 years. No, when you grow in your understanding of the knowledge of Christ, hallelujah, you put away childish reasoning from scripture. Amen and amen. So look at matured reasoning by Paul in Romans chapter number 8, verse 31 to 34. He says, what then shall we say in response to these things? What things? In the entire chapter of Romans chapter 8, Paul had been discussing how that we had been justified in Christ, how that there is no longer any condemnation for the believer, how that the law of the spirit of life in Christ had made us free from the law of the sin and death. Paul had discussed the glory of the sons, hallelujah, how that we had received adoption as sons, and how that the whole of creation is awaiting our manifestation as sons. And then he also talked about the fact that we were foreknown in the plan of God, we were predestined to be conformed to the image of a son and the bible says that those whom he foreknew he called and those who he called he justified and those whom he justified he glorified so in this very chapter paul is showing us the complete work of god in christ hallelujah the glory of the work of god in christ he shows us beautiful chapter Then he comes now in verse 31 and he says, What then shall we say in response to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. You see the reasoning of Paul? This is how as a believer you should reason. You should sit down and look into, you understand, the matters of salvation, the matters of your redemption, How that God gave it all in Christ Jesus for you. And see the glory that follows from that. And reason like Paul and say things like, What shall we then say in response to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Hallelujah. Not that demon in your family. Not that family altar you are worried about. Who can be against you? Amen and amen. Who? can be against you who can be against you no one hallelujah listen and he says listen to the reason the reason he's saying he's asking the question who can be against us is this he would did not spare his own son the word spare there spare actually means that he did not treat his son leniently That is what it means by spare. What does that mean? God did not treat Christ leniently. Because Christ took upon him the sins of all of us. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Everything we were supposed to suffer because of sin. Christ suffered it to the full. And not only that. God calculated the entire sin of humanity, multiplied it by even more, and laid it all on Christ. So that every sin you would ever commit, 
Every sin you've ever committed and every sin you are committing now has been taken care of. The thing that was an issue between you and God was sin. Hallelujah. And Christ came and took it all upon himself. And God did not spare him at all when he became a propitiation for our sin. God dealt with him. That's why the Bible says we considered him stricken of God in the book of Isaiah 53. That's why the Bible says the chastisement for our peace was upon him. By his stripes we were healed. When the lashes were going on his back, it was for your healing. God did not spare him. That means that everything that you were supposed to receive, he gave it to him and even more to ensure that you will receive the glory that will follow. You understand it? So God did not spare his son, but he gave him how? Freely for us. Now remember, when God was giving us Christ, it was not your prayer that brought Christ. It was not your fasting that brought Christ. It was not your faith that brought Christ. At that time, you were a sinner. Hallelujah. You were an enemy of God, an ungodly man. You were totally helpless and dead. There was nothing you could do. You were a dead man. Everything was out of God's own love, initiated by his own love. Hallelujah. And he gave us Christ. The Bible says that if he did not spare his son but gave him as for us all, how will he not also with him? So when you think about what God already did for us in bringing us into union with himself, in bringing us into fellowship with himself, in bringing us salvation and justification, redemption in Christ Jesus. If you think about the love of God that enabled it all to come to pass, in which you and I played no role, our effort played no role, our faith played no role, our fasting, prayers, faithfulness, whatever we may think about, played no role. If God could still give us a son freely, the reason, how shall he not along with his son freely give you all things? Hallelujah. Which one is more important, things or Christ? That's a question you should answer as a believer. Which one is more important? And which one is more difficult to give, things or Christ? That's what the Bible says that as we know that we're not purchased with perishable things of this life, but with the imperishable. Hallelujah. You understand? Hmm. God did not give gold to purchase your redemption because gold is not valuable enough. God did not give diamond to purchase you. God did not give money to purchase. He gave himself in Christ. So if God could give himself in Christ, how shall he not, along with Christ, give you all things? Hallelujah. Hmm. Now listen to this. When is he going to give you all things? Is it now that you are in the faith when you ask him that he's going to give you? No. When he was giving Christ, that is when he gave you all things. That's why he says, how shall he not also with him, with him, the day he was sending Christ, he sent him along with everything that you will ever need. That is why the Bible says that he has blessed us in the heavenly realms with all manner of spiritual blessings. Where? In Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 
If somebody believes, they say amen. Amen. Listen, at that time when he was giving Christ, that was when he added all things to it. So Christ came as a full package. Amen and amen. Nothing lacking. So God has given. Hallelujah. So your faith, therefore, is not to move God to get you things. No. What then is the purpose of faith? Faith is for your relationship with God. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter number 11 verse 6, For without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without what faith, it is what impossible to please God. And if you don't please God, how can you have a relationship with him? You can't work with him. Hallelujah. But even more, so that you don't think that it is your own faith you are coming up with. Listen, what is your faith? Our faith is Christ. Hallelujah. I'll show you very soon. Our faith is who? Christ. Because he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God is well pleased in one man. That is Christ Jesus. And as long as you find yourself in Christ, he is well pleased with you. So without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, without Christ, it is impossible to please God. So who is your faith? Christ. Who is your relationship with God? Christ. Your relationship with God is a person, not a thing. Your relationship with God is what? A person, not a thing. It is Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That is why Christ is the be it and end it all. He is everything. In all things that he might have preeminence. He is your relationship with God. Hallelujah. So when you look at that scripture that says that, you know, for without faith it is impossible to please God. So somebody is thinking, okay, then I need faith to please God. Listen, you have already pleased God in Christ. Christ is your faith. Hallelujah. Have you forgotten what, what Paul says? He says, it is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live now, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Not by my faith, by the faith of the Son of God. I'm living this life by the Son of God. He is my faith. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm living by that faith. What, what faith is that? The faith of Christ or Christ. I'm living by Christ. I'm living by Christ. I'm living by Christ. Somebody say with me, I'm living by Christ. Living by Christ. Somebody say with me, Christ is my faith. Christ is my faith. Hallelujah. When you understand that, eh? when you understand that, then you begin to know why you must search the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. When you begin to search what actually happened when Christ died, was buried and resurrected for you, you begin to search it. It will blow your mind. Hallelujah. Christ is your faith. Because Christ is your relationship with God. Without Christ, there is no relationship with God. Without Christ, there is no fellowship with God. That's why the Bible says that he has called you into the fellowship of his son. Aye. How has he called you? He's called you into the fellowship of his son. The fellowship of his son. 
The son has a fellowship with the father. It is this fellowship you've been called into. It is the son's fellowship. He said, no one has seen God at any time, but the son who is at the bosom of the, in the bosom, he had declared him. He was in the bosom. So when you come into Christ, you are there. That, or that, that privileged access to the father you have. That's why the Bible says that, ah, for by one spirit, we have access, we have access by one spirit into, into this grace where we stand. Who is this grace? Christ Jesus. Because over there, you can see God for who he is. Hallelujah. You can see God. You can, you can fellowship with God. You can have koinonia with the Father. Hallelujah. It's Christ Jesus. It's Christ Jesus. That's why we say, but we see Jesus. Somebody say with me, but I see Jesus. Oh, so, yes. Yes, who do you see? Jesus. Who do you see? Jesus. I see Jesus. I see who Jesus. Monde silabongo saye. I don't see Abraham. I don't see Adam. I don't see Moses. I don't see David. As a matter of fact, those people even want to be like me. No, don't try to be like Moses or Adam or Abraham or David. No, they are trying to even be like you. Hallelujah. We see Jesus Saturn de Matora Mantekai. De Golomoso so 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 matekese. He is my faith. Hallelujah. So the question then will become Pastor Sam. But but Pastor Sam, Jesus said that whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believing you shall receive. So you need faith to be able to receive. Or you need faith to be able to move God to give you. Well, look at that scripture again. The Bible says, Whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believe in you shall do what you shall receive. The Bible did not say that whatsoever things you ask for in prayer, believe in God will give to you. Because the giving has already been done. I hope somebody caught that part. Ah, that grass, katayas. What did I say? The giving part has already been done. The part that is left is for you to receive. And when we say receive, what we mean is lambano, that is take. That's why he can say, come boldly to the throne of grace and obtain, take mercy, take grace to help in time of deed. Because it has already been given in Christ. Hallelujah. It is given. So what is the purpose of faith in that regard when it comes to prayer then? It is simply to receive for you. To receive because the giving has already been done it's not your faith that is going to move god to do it for you your faith will rather position you to receive who is your faith christ christ has positioned you to receive so take it when you lift up your voice in prayer no don't beg god for it. you you lift up your say in the name of jesus i take hold of grace i take hold of the mercy i ride on the wings of god's mercy in the name of Jesus, I receive strength. I receive grace. I receive peace. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That is, that is how you are supposed to walk in Christ. This is the truth that the Lord wants us to know so that we can walk in it. So as you are sitting there, don't be thinking you are going to fast to move God. 
ask for this one, God must see the way I'm fasting. Yeah. The way I fasted 40 days past their God must answer. Who told you God will answer because you fasted? Who told you that? We must graduate from that level. We used to teach that. That is class one knowledge. It is candle level what? Revelation. But embrace the greater light. Hallelujah. God is not going to answer your prayers because you fasted. And I know the scripture that is coming to your mind. Hey, but Pastor Sam, the, the Bible says that this kind goeth not out except by fasting and prayer. I will explain that scripture to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love it. Epignosis. Somebody say epignosis. Epignosis. Hallelujah. You are coming to the accurate and precise knowledge of truth. Amen and amen. So that you can walk victoriously. Hallelujah. He's coming for a church without spot or wrinkle. Not a defeated church. Not a church that doesn't know its left from its right. We don't know. We are just groping on in darkness by trial and error. I have fasted 40 days. So God must answer. Ask for this one. God will move. Because I fasted 40 days. Hey, the way I pray 12 hours and God must move on this case. Listen. Answer Answered prayers is part of the blessings in Christ. What did I say? Answered prayers is part of what? The blessings in Christ. We receive them. We do what? We receive them. We simply do what? We receive them. Hallelujah. So what does it mean? What, what then is the purpose of my prayer? And what then is the purpose of my fasting? Listen, I'll show you in a minute. When, the, when, the, when Jesus said that this kind goeth not out but by fasting and prayer, what Jesus was talking about is this. Let me tell you something. Your fasting is not for God, it's for you. Your prayer is not for God, it's for you. Hallelujah. Prayer is the means by which as a believer you exercise your dominion authority in Christ. So your prayer is for you. Your fasting is for you. Fasting is a means by which you focus your own faith. Hallelujah. In dealing with whatever issue. When it comes to prayers or petition, you simply receive because it has been given. When it comes to prayers of supplication, that one you need to generate enough power to take care of the issue. Not to move God. That is why you supplement with fasting. To focus your faith. So the Bible says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That means it makes tremendous power available. This power, the Bible says, is dynamic in its working. Hallelujah. It makes a tremendous power what available, dynamic in its working. Amen and amen. And the Bible says that now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even imagine according to the power that is at work in us. Hallelujah. What is that power? Resurrection power. But the question is, it is going to happen according to. So how much of that resurrection power has been stirred up in you concerning that situation? How much of the resurrection power have you generated in you concerning that matter you are dealing with in prayers of supplication and intercession? Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availed much. So as you stay in prayer fervently, 
Focusing your faith with fasting. What you are doing is you are generating power. You are generating power by which the issue will be taken care of. Hallelujah. You are the one exercising your dominion and your, and your authority in that regard. Amen and amen. That is how it is. That's the reason we pray. That's the reason we fast. Our 21 days fasting we are doing. It is not so that God will look on us and say, Ah, we fasted, so he's going to now bless us, faith generation. No, he's already blessed us. The reason we are fasting is for our own self. We want to focus our faith. And let me tell you, this 21 days fasting, eh, it is a fasting of enlightenment. Hallelujah. What does that mean? During these 21 days, we are focusing ourselves in the word of truth. We are going to discover the word of truth in this fast. And we are going to focus our faith there and build ourselves that way. So that we return in the power of the spirit. You understand? The Bible says that Jesus, after he had fasted and was tempted, he returned from the desert in the power of the spirit. What does it mean we return in the power of the spirit? We return in the knowledge of God's word. Because the word of God is power. The Bible says where the word of a king is, is power. Anytime the Bible talks about power, it's talking about the word of God. Hallelujah. So you return with the accurate knowledge of God's word. There is no situation you can't deal with. Remember when Jesus came out from the wilderness in the power of the spirit, what happened? Whatever thing he faced, he spoke a word. The demons, he cast them out with a word. When he sees blind eyes, he said, be opened. Lame, rise up and walk. It was with the word. Hallelujah. You see, so if you have this mindset in you, you will not be that disappointed. There are so many believers who are so disappointed because they felt we fasted, but God did not see it. We prayed and prayed and prayed. Nothing is happening. We prayed and prayed and prayed, but we prayed and prayed, nothing is happening. We prayed and prayed and prayed, God is not even seeing us. Listen, you are not like the prophet of Baal when Elijah took them to the mountain top. Mount Carmel. They were there. Elijah said, call on your God. What were they doing? They were shouting and jumping and all those things. In the morning, they started. At about 12 noon, Elijah came and asked them, where is Baal? Is he not here yet? He said, maybe he's sleeping. Shout louder. They started shouting. Around 4 o'clock, Elijah came back. Ah, ah, where is Baal? Maybe he's gone to the marketplace. He wants to prepare some... So soup. he's going to buy Gary from the marketplace. Shout louder so that he can come. Then they started cutting themselves. Cutting themselves. Thinking that as they mutilate their flesh that way, it will move their God to come. Nothing happened. When Elijah came, he just lifted up his eyes to heaven. He didn't even finish speaking. Then the fire fell down from above. Hallelujah. Listen, our faith is not supposed to be a struggle. Things happening in our life by the power of God is not supposed to be a struggle. You must not go and struggle and struggle and struggle. No, when you understand the operations of faith, it becomes easy for you. Hallelujah. You will deal with, you will exercise your dominion. You will know how to work it. And you will not be frustrated thinking God has disappointed you. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How shall he not also freely with him give you all things? 
He gave them to you when he was giving you Christ. Amen and amen. That is why, remember, you see, God always wants to point us to the fact that he has given us the very best. So these other things we are thinking about, he's already given them. That's what the Bible says, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Then Jesus again said, little children, it is the good pleasure of the Father to give you the kingdom. If Jesus is saying, seek first the kingdom, that means the kingdom is the most important thing. But he said to us that it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That means he's giving us a kingdom. And if God has given you the kingdom, all these other things shall be what? Added. They are additions. They are added unto you. All these other things, things are added to it. It's an added bonus. You don't go run after. It's added to it. Hallelujah. You don't have to go and move God by your faith before. He's already given to you. Just receive them. If you want it, receive it. Hallelujah. Call it into being. The Bible says that he calls those things that be not as though they were. Call it into being and it's yours. Speak it forth. Hallelujah. We also, having the same spirit of faith, as he has said, I have believed, therefore have I spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. Speak them into being. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Is somebody here understanding me? Christ is your faith. Christ is your faith. Christ is your faith. Hallelujah. Christ is your relationship with God. Hallelujah. Listen, lift up your voice now and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Lift up your voice and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. As the word of God has come to you tonight.